God bless you and welcome to New Vision Podcast. Our message today is being delivered by our senior pastor, Will Pena. God bless you and enjoy. can do better than that. Good morning. Good morning. I know we're a little worshipped out. Um, what an incredible time of worship and, you know, um, I don't know how you get up here after what Brenda shared. Uh, she could have just just said, all right, guys, see you next Sunday. And yeah. we... And we're all blessed. Um, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for being vulnerable and open to what the Lord is doing. Um, can we pray really quick? Is that a yes? All right, cool. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for what you have already done in this room. And we're grateful for you. And um, I believe that what you did this morning in our Spanish service, you want to do it now. Uh, I thank you for what we experienced, but I believe you have more for us here now. Father, so I just pray that our spiritual ears are open to receive what you have, and I just pray, Lord, that you give me uh, the boldness to deliver this message in the same way you gave it to me. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen, amen. I promise that I won't keep you long. The only reason for that is that I got a flight to catch, so yeah, yeah, lucky. So I won't, I won't preach long, but I'm, I'm grateful to be in the house of the Lord. Um, Pastor Marianne is uh, teaching the kids today, but uh, I just want to extend my gratitude uh, to Pastor Marianne for preaching the last two weeks on comparison, the trap of comparison. And I don't know about you, but uh, that message spoke to me because many times I do look to the left and look to the right, and I'm like, what's going on with me? And uh, I, I pray that that two-part message series was a blessing for you. But today, as I prepared for what the Lord um, has for us, and we start a new series next week, but uh, in, the, in the interim, Lord gave me something, the Lord gave me something to share with you guys today. And today I want to talk about trials. Trials, the tests of growth, trials, trials, trials. And I don't know about you, but to me, the first thing that comes to mind when I think about trials, I think about the Olympics. And I think about the many trials these athletes have to go through in order to qualify for the Olympics. And um, Shiloh's doing track now, and one of the one of the coaches in track, he was a, a sprinter for um, for Trinidad, and he went to the Olympics, and he was sharing a little bit of his testimony of how he prepared for four years to run ten seconds. And people will be like, uh, you know, how, how you know how long is your race? He's like, it's a hundred meters. It's it's really just eight to ten seconds, but I have to prepare four years and I have to qualify for four years running in different sprints and qualifiers throughout the world in order to be chosen and selected to run eight to ten seconds in the Olympics and as believers we will go through trials and I know that the popular message says that there's a blessing with your name on it which is true but I came to tell you this morning that there's also a trial with your name on it See, we get mail at home that says to the occupant, which means that they don't care who lives there. They just want to know that someone there gets it. And that's how trials are. 
Sometimes they're self-inflicted. Sometimes they're just, uh, you were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Sometimes it's others that bring it on to you, but everyone here in this room this morning is either in a trial, coming out of a trial, and the good and bad news, you're possibly going into a trial. See, trials are inevitable. And um, as believers, I just want to give us a different perspective on trials. And I know that, I, and I wish that we could go over the trial or around the trial, but the truth of the matter is that we can only go through the trial. And this morning, I want to talk a little bit about trials. And um, I, I can tell you that one of the characteristics, one of the one of the telling signs of spiritual growth is the presence of trials in our, in our lives. If you want to know if someone is a mature Christian, you have to see how they react to the trial. Not how many tongues they can speak, how gifted they are, how great they are in their message, how, how many uh, gifts in the body they have, how many people they can bring to church, how many Bible verses they can quote. The true sign of spiritual maturity is how you respond to the trial, is your reaction to the trial. You know what? Because when we're in blessing, everyone can, yeah, everybody can give a praise dance, but can you worship him through the trial? Can you worship him in the storm? Like Brenda said, can you acknowledge his sovereignty in the middle of the trial? That's a true, that's a true telling sign of a believer. You want to know how deep someone is? Peep, peep, peep their reaction to the trial. If you don't see him for a few weeks, <laughs> got some growing to do. See, trials come to make us adult Christians. I want somebody to say amen. Amen. Okay. I know it's, not an, it's, it's more like an ouch than an amen, but you can say either or. Trials come to test our faith. Come, trials come to see if we're, we're original or we're fake. The truth of the matter is that trials as a believer, and we'll get into that today, there is no such thing as a purposeless trial for a believer. If there's something I want you to take out of the message this morning is that if you are a believer in Jesus, there is no such thing as a purposeless trial. Either God allowed it or God sent it. There is no such thing as, oh, I don't know why this happened to me. If you're a believer in Christ, either God sent it or God allowed it. I believe that I'm walking in his will, so everything that happens in my life has to go through his fingers first. The Bible says that he sustains our world in the palm of his hand. So anything that happens to me, either he provoked it or he allowed it. That's how I walk my days. And I was saying this morning, your life will change from the moment that you make that connection and it clicks to you. Because you will start perceiving trials differently. As instead of pouting or throwing a tantrum and instead of asking God why, or, or God, or why is this happening to me? Now you're asking God, for what? What are you teaching me through this process? And I think that many believers, we pull back in the moment of trial. We, t we tend to isolate ourselves. We tend to like, oh, I don't know if I can do this Jesus thing because things got tough. And the only power that the enemy has over you, let me tell you this, it's in your mind. Yeah. The only power, the enemy can't see into your heart. The only thing the enemy can do is speak unto your mind to make you believe that what God said is not true. 
And you know why? Because he did the same thing with Jesus yeah. when he tempted him. Y'all remember that? Yeah. <laughs> he was like, he was trying to make him believe that the very same thing that his father said is not true. And he does the same thing with you and I. So what happens is that we succumb to the trial and we're asking God, God, when are you going to take this away? When are you going to take this away? And the Lord is saying the same answer when you pass the test. See, you can't graduate to a different spiritual level if you don't pass the test. We want more gifts. We want more anointing. And God's like, I have that all for you, but um, first you got to pass the test. And James speaks about this, and Marianne spoke a little bit about James, and I think James is one of the, he's one of the characters in the Bible that I hold dear to my heart because he's Jesus' brother. So, and I was saying this morning, can you imagine growing up in a household when you're, where your brother is perfect? Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> kind of? Oh, it's a personal testimony. Now, can you imagine, because the Bible doesn't talk about Jesus between like his teenage years and when he started ministry, but I believe the word says that he was without sin. So that means that as a teenager, he was without sin. That's crazy. Yeah, it's logical. So can you imagine Jesus getting straight A's? <laughs> Jesus behaving? Jesus not getting in trouble? And you, you're James, you're his little brother, and Mary looking at you, but you. So the book of James, I hold it dear to my heart because I can feel your pain, James. I can feel your pain, brother. And James talks about this in chapter one of James. Let's start with verse two, and he says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. The first thing is he's talking to believers because he's saying, my brothers and sisters. He's not saying, hey, people of the world. No, no, no. He's talking to the brethren. <laughs> he's talking, my brothers and sisters, dear beloved, dear brethren. I'm talking to the body of Christ. Consider it as pure joy. Whenever, not if, but when. <laughs> not if, not if you would go through a trial, but whenever you face trials of many kinds. And James sounds like he's, like there's something wrong with him. Like he's not right in the mind. Consider it as joy? Who wants to, who wants to go through a trial? He said, consider it as pure joy every time you go through a trial. And I'm like, how, uh, how are you, how, I, can't, I can't comprehend joy. I'm not feeling joy. I'm not feeling joyful or joyous. I'm feeling pain. I'm feeling a trial. But the reality is, and the necessity of the trial is critical to your spiritual development. You will not grow as a believer unless you face trials. Period. I wish I could tell you something different, but the definition of your spiritual maturity is going to come through trials. Amen, Pastor. So, it is not if, it is when. And everyone in this room is either going through, coming out of, or walking into, and we can't run away from it. God's trials are going to find you anywhere. So I was looking up the definition of trial. According to the great dictionary Google, 
And this is what it says. It says the action or process of trying or putting it to proof. This preaches by its own. So in Spanish, uh, I, I found a larger definition that it's the action of testing something to know its qualities, to verify its truthfulness, to know how it works or it reacts and the result it produces. So as believers, trials come to our lives, our lives one or two ways. Either God sent it or God allowed it. Tell your neighbor, stop blaming people for your trials. Start blaming your husband and your wife for your trial. Start blaming your, stop blaming your mama, your daddy, how you... When you walk in the will of God, when you're a believer, he said, my dear brothers and sisters, trials come because he either sent it or he allowed it. When we walk into the will of God, everything that happens in our lives has to go through his fingers. Amen. There is no such thing as coincidence. There's no such thing as luck. We walk in the will of God. If you believe that, shout amen. amen. See, what trials do have in common is that the end goal of a trial is to develop you spiritually. Without, the ab without trials, with the absence of trials, there is no such thing as growth. And one thing I've come to understand in this Christian walk is that trials are usually not even for you. It's for the person next to you. See, God is going to allow you to go through some things because there's people that surround you that need to know that God did it with you. See, the whole reason that Brenda shared that today, it was beyond her. It was for people in this room that are asking God for something and are struggling with something that her testimony worked in your life today. Like we always say here, it's not about you, it's about them. So God uses your story through all the different trials to show people that he is a God, of, that he's sovereign God, that he could do it. And if he did it with you, he could do it with them. Job said that Job was a man that was tested tested to the end and he said that trials are like flames that open up in the air that you are born into Jesus said in the book of John that in this world you will you will not if but you will have affliction but trust that I have overcome with the, the world and the difference is that for a believer there is no such thing as a purposeless trial. See, as a believer, there is no such thing that a trial came to your life without any purpose. Every problem, that's what we call it. Trials, we call them problems. Every problem that comes to your life as a believer has to go through his fingers first. See, you are not a casualty. You are not a coincidence. The Bible says that we were made to his image and his likeness. Amen? Amen. So that tells us that he loves us. He gave his son for us. So when I go through a trial, I'm like, okay, God, this hurts. But what I know is that you love me. What I know is that you are for me and not against me. I may not feel like, like that sometimes. And that's the problem with an emotional Christianity. If your Christianity is dictated by your emotions, you're in trouble. 
because sometimes you're not going to feel like it. I told the church this morning, sometimes I don't feel like coming and preaching. I'm just, I'm just flesh and blood. But it's not about what I feel, it's about what I know. I know that this is my assignment. I know that there's a word for you in this room. I know that I need to preach this. I know, even if I don't feel. And I think that sometimes I look at some of us through worship and you can't open your mouth because your mouth is dictated by what you're feeling. And the Lord is like, this is what I'm talking about, the renewing of the mind is because it's in the mind, it's not in the heart. The heart is deceiving, the word says. It's not about what I feel, it's about what I know. And he says on, he he continues speaking in in verse 3, and he says, because you know, tell your neighbor you know, know. tell your neighbor you must know, know. that the testing of your faith produces, produces, One of my prayers for 2019 was, Lord, allow me to be a finisher. I want to be a finisher. Like, Lord, it's possible that I, I, I may not start a lot of things, but the couple of things that I do start, let me be a finisher. And I think that many of us in our Christian walk, we take these hiatus, we take these pauses, we take these breaks because we, we, we haven't developed perseverance. And the Lord is saying that the true testing of your faith is going to produce perseverance. And in verse 4 it says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be what? Say you may be what? Mature and complete, not lacking anything. In other words, if you're not experiencing trials, there's something that you're lacking. See, trials come to perfect us. Trials come to make us spiritual adults. See, trials come to strengthen your faith and develop perseverance in you. So what happens is that when you see another trial coming, you know what the Word of God says, so you're not flaky, you're not flimsy, you're not shaken with the wind, you know in what you stand. See, your, your faith gets tested because God wants to know if what, you're, if, if what you're singing, you're really believing it. One thing is singing, God is fighting for us. And one thing is getting a diagnostic from the, from the doctor saying that you have cancer or, or, or saying that, you can't, you, you, that you're barren, you can't have children, and God is fighting for us. Do you believe what you sing? Do you believe what you read? You may not feel it, but do you believe it? See, and one of my prayers, and I share this with Marianne all the time, one of my prayers is, God, here at New Vision, we want mature believers rooted in the Word of God that will not be shaken by any situation knowing who they are in Christ. See, that's why identity is crucial. Because when you have no identity, you don't know what happens. You don't know what happens when you're going to a trial. You don't know what happens if somebody passed away. Oh my God, what are we? when you have identity, you know exactly what the Lord is doing. It may be painful because you're feeling it, but what you know is that He is good. We need to move from what we feel to what we know. And I think that one of the mistakes that we make as believers is that we back down when trials come. 
as opposed to pushing forward. See, the enemy can't speak onto your heart. He can only speak onto your mind. The Bible says that if you resist the devil, he will flee from you. He will flee. He said, I can't do this with Will because every time I come to mess with him, he's praising God. So I'd rather pick on someone else that, that's flimsy, that's weak, someone that doesn't know their word. So let me go pray on them because I can't deal with this person. The Bible says that he's like a roaring lion. Roaring lion looking to, looking to who devour, but he's roaring and his roaring gets louder if your attention shifts. To me, he sounds like a little kitty cat. See, if you, if you respond to the roar, that's when he can devour you. It's not what we feel, it's about what we know. See, it's the testing. I don't know how many of you guys were good testers in school. No? I'll pray for you. One of the things I did, I didn't do many good things in my life, but one of the good things I did, apart from my children, was testing. I was a good tester. It was like by logic I would get the answer. And um, as I was thinking about the testing of your faith, I believe that we're in a classroom, the classroom of life. And I believe that some of us are served the test that we only put our name on it and our number because we don't know any of the answers. Or we start looking for the answers that we already know so we can fill those out first. Y'all remember that? Yeah. And if it was multiple choice, you had a little thing going on, A, C, B, D. A, C, B, D. See, and we continue to ask God, God, when am I going to get over this? When am I going to over this? God, when are you going to remove this? He's like, his answer is the same, when you pass the test. When you pass the test. And you may not take it in this classroom, but there will be another classroom that you will have to sit and take the test. Yeah. And many of us want to be promoted spiritually, but we don't want to take the test. We want to be gifted spiritually, but we don't want to take the test. See, the Bible makes the comparison that we'll be tested like gold. And I was reading because... Google is amazing, by the way. Can you imagine having, if I would have had Google, like, going through school, I would have been a straight-A student. Yeah. Kids have it easy now. Like, for example, the other day, Shiloh um, was doing a math problem, and he couldn't get it, and he was like, Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yo, the cheat codes. Alexa, what's the, the divided, and Alexa, your answer is, I'm like, no, let me turn this thing off. I disconnected Alexa. It's crazy, the convenience that kids have. That's, a, that's just personal testimony, sorry. But, you know, we're tested like gold. And I was reading up that the goldsmith, as they place the, the, the gold in heat, I was like, when do they know when the gold is ready? And I was reading up that every goldsmith has the same answer. They know the gold is ready when they can see their reflection on the gold. Hmm. We're to be tested like gold. The goldsmith knows the gold is ready when he can see his reflection on it. So can it be? Can it be? That we're ready when he can see his reflection on us. Can it be? We have to be tested like gold. So you can say, all right, pastor, I got it. You don't have to say it again. I'm going to be, I'm going to go through a trial. Woohoo, gotcha. Yeah, okay. Don't say it again. So the question is, pastor, how can I, how can I overcome the trial? You're talking about the trial, but you're not, you're not giving me any solutions. You're, you're talking about the problem. And whoever knows me, I'm solution-based 
person. Like, don't bring me the problem, bring me the solution. That's how we can have a conversation. So how can I overcome the trial? And I'm gonna give you three things really quick. I'm gonna get out of your way. Number one is that you gotta count it as joy. <laughs> you gotta count it as joy. He says in verse two, count it as joy. Now, what he doesn't say is count it as happiness. He says, count it as joy. And I needed to find a definition of happiness in the dictionary of all dictionaries, Google. And it says, happiness is a state. In other words, happiness is a circumstance. Is a, a state, sorry, of well-being and contentment. In other words, you can be struggling right now. And I can tell you, hey, listen, I just got a text that you just won a million dollars. Your state of happiness will change. See, he doesn't say count it as happiness. He says count it as joy. The Bible says that the, Lord, the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord. In other words, it's a profound. In Spanish, it says a profound joy. In other words, it's not an external thing. So that's why some of us come to this room looking like we're falling asleep because the external circumstances are so, so tough. And it's like God, God is like, forget about the external. My joy is internal. So what happens is that if we allow circumstances to dictate our joy, we lost. See, you got to be joyful in everything. Like I was sharing this morning that uh, yesterday was um, Jessica and Isaiah's baby shower, and I and I was there, and I yeah, woohoo! Um, I was there, and I needed to leave because I was feeling I was feeling like I had like a really bad headache, really bad, and it was a different headache because it was like back here. And I ran home and, and, I, and I laid down and I took my blood pressure and blood pressure was like 85 over 40 something. And um, I texted someone about this. They were like, you're gonna die. I'm like, yo, that's, I'm like, that's so cruel. Like, say I'm gonna pray for you. Um, but, <laughs> I should have, I, I sh I, yeah, I should have. And one of the things I did, I, I went to my prayer room and I, and I turned on some worship and I gave God the glory for what I was feeling and I remained joyful through the situation because it's not what I feel. There was no happiness at that moment. I was feeling horrible. But what I know is that he is, he is my healer. What I do know is that he is Jehovah, the God that makes covenant with me, and that if he allowed that situation to come to my, to my life is because he's showing me something through it. That's why I said earlier today that everything clicks in your Christian walk the moment that you understand that trials come to you with a purpose. Your Christian life changes forever. The moment that you understand that things that happen to you are not a coincidence, that God is orchestrating the things that are happening in your life, either he allowed it or he sent it because he wants to develop something in you. Yeah. Now you don't look at life from the poor me or like, why do I have to go through this? Now you look at life, okay, God, what are you teaching me? What are you teaching? What are you developing in me? The Bible, he talks about patience. It talks about perseverance. But more than anything, I believe it's for others. See, God wants to mold us to be more like Jesus, and I believe that the trials are personalized. I believe that trials that are meant to be for you are meant to be for you. I believe that God, your creator, 
knows what you can take and what you can't take. I know sometimes we come to prayers like, God, I, God, I can't take this. And Lord, yes, you can. You just got to pass the test. <laughs> Lord, this is too much for me. It's like it's too much for you at that level, but I need to bring you to this level. And the only way you can come to this level is by passing this test. So number one is that we need to count it as joy, and which leads me to number two is that you need to, next, you need to know what it will produce. You need to know what it will produce. How many, how many mothers do we have in the room? Mothers, we have some mothers in the room, well, a few. Some mothers in, in process. You may want to cover your ears now. <laughs> I remember when Marianne had Shiloh. Marianne was in the delivery room for 24 hours. And she was screaming with pain. And you know why she kept pushing? Because she knew what that pain was going to produce. And at the moment that Shiloh finally came, that he decided to finally come into this world, and, I, and, and they handed Shiloh to her, and I asked her, would you do this again? Two kids later, I believe that. <laughs> I believe that she would. See, she endured the pain because she knew what it will produce. So the first, the second thing that you need to know when you start counting it as joy, you have to focus on knowing what this thing will produce in me. If you focus on the pain, you're, you're gonna lose. If you focus on what will the pain produce, now you're winning. And I think that many times we focus on the trial so much and we forget about the outcome that the Lord wants to bring, knowing that now your prayer life is different, amen, knowing that your worship life is different, knowing that your dependency on him is different. See, these are all the things that he wants to mold, but he can only do that through the trial. He could only do that through the test. See, this is the way that we disarm the enemy. When the enemy starts talking into your life, starts talking into your ear, you remind them what the word of the Lord says, and you tell them, okay, this is what I feel, but this is what I know this will produce. The enemy will flee. The Bible says resist, and he will flee. In 1 Peter 1, verse 7 and 8, Next slide. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, in other words, do you really believe what you're saying? Do you really believe that post you put on Facebook? Or do you just copy paste it because it looked dope? <laughs> I, by the way, I see so many people, I'm like, you don't even know what that means. But anyhow, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, we need to test it. We need to see if it stands the test of time. Of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, not in bitterness, not in poor me, but in praise, in glory, in all honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Verse 8, 
Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an expressible and glorious, and that's that word again, joy. Philippians 1.6 says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Which leads me to my last point, point number three, the reason and how we overcome a trial is understanding that trials are to make us more like him. You count it as joy, you know the outcome, you know what it will produce, but at the end of the day, what the Lord wants is to make you more like Jesus. See, and I was saying this morning that one of the reasons why I follow this great leader, Jesus, is because this is a man that lived what he's asking me to live through. He wasn't separated from what he's asking me to do. He was scorned, he was beaten, he was talked about, he was cheated, he went through pain. And the Bible says this in Hebrews 12 too, fixing, fixing, fixating, fixing our eyes on Jesus who is the pioneer, meaning our faith begins with his death and resurrection. He is the pioneer and the perfecter, the one that molds us, that matures us of our faith. For the, j for, sorry, for the joy set before him, in, in other words, he counted it as joy. He endured the cross. He knew what it will produce, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So this morning, this afternoon already, like I said, we're either in a trial. Anyone in a trial this morning? Anyone coming out of a trial? And if you didn't raise your hand in any of those two, you fall into category number three, which is it's around the corner. Sorry to break it down to you. But if, if there's something I want, I want you to remain with this morning is that if you're a believer in Jesus, there is no such thing as a purposeless trial. And everything that happens in your life, either he allowed it or he sent it. And the purpose of that is to perfect your faith to mature you as a believer. Amen. See, he wants to know who's real and who's not. Amen. Are you going to back down when things get tough? Because let me break it down to you. Things in this walk will get tough. Are you going to say, Lord, I can't do this. I tap out. Bad choice because you have to take that test at some point, some way, somehow. Are you going to sign up for the class and say, hey, listen, I'm going to pass this test even if I have to take it over and over, but I'm going to pass this test because I need to pass this class because I need a spiritual promotion in my life because I need to see things. See, spiritual promotion gives you discernment. So when trials come now, you see them coming. They don't take you by surprise anymore because you understand. That's my timer. My time is up. Because you understand that 
this that came to your life, it ran through his fingers first. So as we close this morning, the victory today will be if you can make that connection. If you can walk out of these doors understanding that, okay, I get it. Things just don't happen to me. God allowed this or God sent this to my life because he wants to teach me something. When you change your, your perspective and you start viewing things from the lens of a son, from the lens of a daughter, not a bastard child, you're a son, you're a daughter of, of God. He, he, he bought you with his precious blood. Now you have a different type of access. Now everything that happens to you has to run through his fingers first. Now you're viewing things that are like, okay, God, this is, this is what you're teaching me. This is what you're showing me. You're developing my spiritual vitality. You're developing the strength in you that I didn't have before. Some of us need to go through certain things to develop our prayer life. Sometimes we're saying, God, I've never been this, it's never been so painful. And God is saying, your prayer life has never been so great. <laughs> God, this hurts so much. And God is like, oh, but it's, it makes me feel so good. You, you searching for me. God, I can't take this. I need you. And he's like, I'm so happy that you need me. And I'm happy you can't take it either. See, it's to develop you. It's to develop your strength. It's to develop your spiritual vitality. And I asked the team to lead us in this song as we close. This song says, this is how I fight my battles. Because even though it may look like I am surrounded, it may look like I am surrounded, but I am surrounded by you. And as this team leads us today, I, I really feel that before we get out of here, I, I want to pray with some people. I didn't do this for the Spanish service because God didn't want it. God wanted it right now. But I, we, we have some time. I have a flight, but we have some time. I believe, I believe God wants to break some things here, and some of the things that Julina shared were so powerful. Some of us are resisting resisting arrest, a holy arrest from God. He wants to arrest us and make us slaves of his love. Mm. And we're struggling with the trial because we think we can go over it or around it and it's like I'm molding you like a sculpture. I am perfecting you like a goldsmith until I see my reflection in you. And I can tell you this as a personal testimony, when God decides that you're it, he's not going to let you go. <laughs> Man, and that sucks sometimes. Because you want to run away so bad. I tell you this as a personal testimony. Sometimes you want to run away so bad, and every, every turn you make, every corner, you there he is. Test. He comes up from the corner. Here's your test. And you're trying to run away, and I don't want it, God. And God is like, I've chosen you. There's nowhere you can go. My hand is upon your life. So you know what the best thing to do, what I did? Surrender. <laughs> All right. You got me, dog. 
you got me. I can't do this anymore. I don't want to run away anymore. Let me go through it. And I'm going to tell you what Jesus is so much sweeter. A few weeks ago, and I'll close with this, I was preaching at a burial of a family member from someone here in the church. Burials are difficult because the questions come of why God? Why did you allow this? Where were you? How come you allowed this to happen? Apostle Paul says in one of his letters to the book of Romans, he tells them there's many things that we don't have the answers here, but we will have them in your presence. And I told the people, I don't know the answers to many things, but what I do know is that if you remove God of the equation, the situation is still there. the equation the family member is still gone if you remove God of the out of the equation your marriage is still in shambles if you remove God you still have a child with needs God just make us, makes it so much sweeter because he brings hope the Bible says that he is the hope of glory so this morning let's just surrender there's so many of us in this room, I feel that we're running away. And I want to open up this altar, man. I believe God is about to do something supernatural in this room. I can feel it and I can sense it in my spirit and know it. In my spiritual knowledge, he's about to break free. Some people in this room. So as you stand to your feet, and if you're saying, hey, pastor, you are speaking directly to me. I don't know if this is for anybody else, but this is for me. And whatever was shared from this platform today was for me. Either what Julina shared, either what Brenda shared, or what Pastor. And if this is for you, and you're struggling in any of these areas, as the music plays, I'm going to ask you to run to this altar. I'm not only going to pray for you, I want to pray with you. He is here. He is available for you. Let's worship him. Join us next week for another powerful word. See you soon. Be blessed.